you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast is back in the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio. Hell yeah. We back. I don't know the rest of the building. The Chris Wessling Podcast Studio is still functioning, and that's great. And so is the Around the NFL Podcast. Dan hands us here. Got heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal, and yes, she also back. Charlie, oh. Oh, <laughs> Connie's the queen. She is the queen of NFL media. Ten fifty one soldier. Colleen hey, what is up? I can't believe we did it again. We, we did both it again. got here. 1051. I mean, it is on science. Um, this one made me think there might be some Truman show scenarios going around. Cause Why this morning we had a week off after the Super Bowl and we're all back together. And you know, it was Greg and I actually spent the week together. Oh, that's nice. A lot yeah. of time, Let's yeah. get to that next. Ooh. Um, but I want to hear everything <laughs> like 7 a.m. You know, we're sending out texts and email. We're ready to get back to work. And all through the morning, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get there. Maybe I'll get there an hour earlier, that, you know, get settled in. And then <laughs> something pops up and it's a half hour. I'm still like eight minutes ahead of my typical 1051 soldier schedule. Mm-hmm. As I'm stepping out the door, <laughs> UPS truck pulls up to deliver these big, heavy doors. We're just putting in a closet in our house. And I have to help the man. They're so mm-hmm. heavy. I help the man bring in the closets, wipes out the eight minute window 1051 soldier and now it's starting to feel like a bigger conspiracy says dog all right ready ups truck go ups truck we're just directing the whole thing right but your intention was to come here earlier and my intention okay was was really set to what end would this be (laughs) a conspiracy to make you show up at 1051 (laughs) but what is the goal that's well that's what i want to know we don't know like you can't the fates are the the fates are working you your schedule not you i mean fate would be one thing Okay, but I'm I am thinking something bigger. He's literally grander. always parking as soon as I pull in the garage behind him. Like right. it's always orchestrated. So that it's way. not just me. It's so Colleen, who's coming mm. from a totally different area uh, of the South Bay, right. is also the way the traffic patterns work, the stoplights. How is this happening exactly? It's raining this today. Moment? That adds another wrinkle. That's a wrench, but not not in this case. So anyway, it's like it's the new know. eighth wonder of the world. It's really, <laughs> everyone wants to know about it. <laughs> also, what I want to know about Mark Sessler, you, uh, you come from a different area of Los Angeles to right. get to work, and you, one of your early texts uh, this morning was about something that's on your radar here in the office, and I could not wait to hear about it. Well, uh, you know, it's disturbing uh, to me personally. I, is this developing I, news? Is this breaking news? What I'd is say it's this? developing. All right. It's a developing situation. Well, we got to hit it. <laughs> we got to hit it then. Because. <laughs> what do you got, Mike? Well, I'd I, I label it under the category of theft. Uh-oh. Um, so, like, one of the perks when you go to the Super Bowl and do all the work that we did and have the great time that we had, you come back and on your desk, 
They have a Super Bowl program, which you can give to a child or something. This has never happened to me. Oh well, uh, this is I don't this this is happening <laughs> though. Yeah, you don't have a desk. Yeah, and they like well, they, Colleen does have a desk, but she's never sat no, they at it. They took it away. Oh, they took it away, yeah. which well, is there's understandable. There's a desk you could sit at near us. If oh, you, like, okay, but they, cool. Yeah. So uh, a Super Bowl program, yep. neatly put on 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 the desk, and uh, on top of it in a in a in a plastic or in a cardboard box is a Super Bowl ticket, right? Um, encased in glass. It's a wonderful a, yes. memento, especially yeah. in the past. Um, I'm going to say about five years, they went away the league from physical tickets, taking it to the game. And right. now it's a digital situation. So this ticket, like I, I took my buddy Greg uh, from New York to the game and he, he's a huge sports fan and always want to go to the Super Bowl. And he was really bummed. And I said, guess what? They do have this ticket that they put in glass and I'm going to give it to you that uh, when I see. So it. it's a gift. You yeah. can give it to ch- a child again, finds it fascinating. Um, anyone that didn't go to the game. And uh, so I, I always look forward to it, and I'm thankful for it. And my attitude has been, you know, pleasant towards the whole situation. Oh, I thought everyone was just buying these no. like, tickets. And they're places. also no, they're also what? they're valuable. So like they're you know it is. So I come in and I you know I, I you know sir, our desk is like you know smashed up against glass where all these tour groups come in and all these people are riff raffing in and out the door right behind my desk. Total riff raffing and <laughs> everywhere. Like uh, Dan's desk, um, Super Bowl program neatly oh, no. put out, and his little ticket in the oh, no. cardboard box oh, no. I, of course i look at greg's desk and it's like he's perfect, got two perfect he got yeah it's perfect and everything's fine mm. I, I i and then on my desk the super bowl program has just been like ripped open to someone's like reading a magazine <laughs> no and the ticket in the box are gone <gasps> so Uh-oh. someone literally went to my desk not only stole the the thing but then just sat and read read my super bowl program probably in my seat and then said f you i'm gonna take this Valuable item and leave Mark, of course. With Let's go to HR right after. It is this. a good read. Judy Batista often contributes. Steve Weiss. The program is not my concern. Out. I already have a program. <laughs> so someone, someone stole, like someone stole this precious item from simply. I know I walked around and like every desk, like clockwork, has this like perfect little program and a little, you know, trinket. Sounds like a case for Frank Signetti. Mm. I think it does. Signetti could <laughs> use the it's work. It's league based, so I don't know. I it's you know, but welcome back to work. It's great to be back together, as they say. That's wow. That's a major, and that, and I understand, Mark. And it's especially it's annoying because old Greggy and the Zeus dog both have our programs and tickets, and and yet it's almost like you were targeted. Well, there was also, and I'm not going to dig into this. Dan, yeah. like, Greg, all the guys. There was a seating situation at the Super Bowl where, you know. Yes. Dan and Greg's wow. guests got put up like in these, oh, and I had to keep keep a lid on this. But my seats were like yeah. in nosebleed central, so it's like someone is on the prowl mm. to uh, disengage me further from the entire mission. Greg, your take? You can have my ticket, so that that Aww. takes care of that. Well, that's very nice, but I actually think moment. you could give it to Walker, for instance, who would love it, and I would just ask HR, how do I get another one of these? Yeah, that's. Uh, Greg, that's very kind that of you. That is but very kind. That was also Walker's first Super Bowl. It's kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul a little bit. I can't take that. I don't think him. I've ever brought one of those home. I always give them to people. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, don't like your having son, things. Your son you know. went to his first Super Bowl. I'm not a big things guy. It just feels like it weighs <laughs> you down. Guy. So <laughs> I think I'm not, a big, I'm not a big things guy either. Yeah. But when it's robbed from me, yeah, it's a, it's more the how old is the your violation? Son? Yes, thank he's you. nine. I feel like he would appreciate. Okay, it. he would. But that's because we don't need to take it from Walker. Mark will get a ticket. We're going to get it. Yeah. Mm. It's just a matter of, first of all, Eric, can we pull the footage out of the newsroom? And sometimes I give Eric harder tasks than a typical podcast producer. Do you think? Yeah. We need to pull the files. We need to find out who is sitting at Mark's desk, which, by the way, is a violation in its own right. Well, they should be fired. They should be fired. 
<laughs> Can we do that, Eric? Can um, we get the footage? I'll hey, look into hacking who, security. Who's system. the guy that runs the? And the, that guy's busy right now because David Burris. This, listen, B Dog. This place is sinking right now. Yeah, we got problems. There's there's cracks in the floors. There's ceilings that are caving in. Half the electrics are shot. It's gonna uh, stop raining. It's almost like they didn't account. They built a ten million dollar building and then we're like, oh, but it doesn't rain in L.A. They're dry vacing outside. <laughs> oh baby, oh baby, it rains yeah, in like, L.A. in December and January. It's like a building made of like brambles on top of a mesa, and then uh oh, weather happened, and it's, it's like, like the whole place is crumbling. In the Chris Wesling podcast, maybe it's Wes wherever he is watching over us. So far, is still mm. functioning. Well, it's yeah. like everywhere around us, the place is. This Basically is the Noah's Ark of NFL media. Yes, it's right our here. safe room. <laughs> anyway, that's terrible, Mark. That would annoy me greatly. Right, I was thinking if yes. in reverse, I think you would be you would I'd understand be you'd be annoyed. It Sounds would look like, like they targeted you, right? It could be someone oh. that doesn't have a desk and didn't ever get a ticket. Yeah, but also was like, <laughs> oh, that's a good person to target. What about Roberts? You um first Super Bowl for Eric Roberts. Excellent work all week. Thank you. They give it a jacket to all the staff, the Super Bowl jacket. Mm. Roberts needs a jacket, too. I, you, I will put a bow on this. I did end up getting a jacket. It's at my desk. Somebody awesome. super, but it was like, I've heard that. It's, I didn't take out the bag because I got in and started working, obviously. And um, apparently it's a double X. Mm. <laughs> so it's a quite large jacket. But hey, I'll take it. You know, I'll, I appreciate double the gift. X. You could crop it. I was it. there for the experience, guys. It was a great week. I'm not going to let a jacket ruin my week. So. We got to get Kyle Juszczyk's <laughs> wife to, like, modify your yes. jacket. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great it's idea. It's a nice jacket. That's all. I would have right. been a, as bitter about it as I was, but it was a nice freaking jacket. Can we get huh. Robert's a large? <laughs> Can we just get him a large? That Can we get Mark a ticket, too. Robert's a large? Mm. That's it. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, thank you for uh, hanging around. I hope in the interim, no one listened to another NFL podcast and, and liked it. Not allowed. Uh, that's not allowed. And I and that went without saying. But if you did, shame on you. And then you were also, you found out, oh, all other podcasts are bad. <laughs> well, it so, worked in our favor somehow. We are nominated, by the way, iHeartRadio. Uh, we are nominated for Best NFL uh, Podcast. The award show is in Austin next Ooh. month. Best sports podcast. That's Best sports. Second time, yeah. Hell yeah. And, um, you know, the competition is fierce, uh, but also the competition is weak, ultimately. And we are the greatest. And the uh, award that we won over in uh, the old UK uh, speaks to that. Yeah. As does the Stitcher Award from 13 and uh, the <laughs> Best New Podcast. Uh, seamlessly linked <laughs> together. iTunes Award from 12. <clears throat> so now people need to understand that. So you learned a hard lesson and wasted your time on any other NFL podcast, nay, sports podcast, mm. uh, last week. But we are now back in today's episode. In addition to getting uh, caught up on everything that's happened since Super Bowl 58, uh, we're going to uh, share, in our opinion, the biggest storylines of the 2024 offseason in which we are now firmly Connie oh, yeah. planted. Mhm. There's a lot. There's so many uh, Mark has already come up with like 74 different options. Like now the season's begun. <laughs> Football's back. No, no. It's binder not, season. Not yet. Mark had concerns about the Russell Wilson's in the news for selling his house. Mark asked nicely, maybe we should well, take it out of the news because that might be the biggest storyline of the offseason for Mark I, when we get to that segment. I thought it lived in that world to some degree, but I'm sure we will spend exhaustive time during the news nugget item going down the road and explaining what it means separately. Mark politely flagged this for mm. you. Right. And, and I'm derided for it exactly. by, by these two. And I see you, it. You get it. I see it. No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't need this. We get it stuff. 
I said, we'll take it out of the news if that is indeed your biggest off. No, because I already line. I already did an end around. And you said it was show. not on your list of I d- 14 I didn't, possibilities. I didn't put it on the list because I knew it would be it caused mental. All of a sudden, we're in this Mark Vortex because we did. I said, we'll take it out. We'll take it out. No, and no, it'll no. be all yours. No, no, it's no. definitely Wait. the least necessary news item. To be fair, <laughs> I think we don't change the show during the show. No, it's good. Now it's in, we're in too we're deep. Off. Let's yeah. do some news. So is that a wood elf? Are we talking high elf, dark elf? I think that it, it runs the whole gamut. I mean, if you get into, I'm not, you know, I'm sort of an elf fringe elf individual. <laughs> but like the fact that I think some people thought it doesn't represent a tough, you know, football player. Well. There's a lot of things happening with elves that could cause a problem for the Ravens or Steelers, I think, depending on some of their powers. So we'll leave it out. We'll leave that right there at that. (laughs) In case you missed it from Radio Row, that's Mark Sessler in a sit-down with Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett of the Browns. You can only tee these players up. You know what I mean? And I thought you did a brilliant job there, giving them a a chance, a platform to dig in on the elves. And if, if they don't want to take it and run with it, they don't have to. Well, so two things were happening real quick. Um, I realize I've already talked a lot on this show about personal items, but um, they, <laughs> no, go ahead. Mark. Well, well, no one. That's like, time of I, year. That was, you, the, that was the day that we drove into like Las Vegas yeah, they and sent went us right, right to, right to this. Row. And it was this was like 18 minutes into the show where it's like, and I had come in like with my health at like a one out of ten, and I talked about it on this. Like I had no voice, and I just uh-huh. felt medicated. And like at one point, I'm looking over, and like Miles Garrett was where Dan was, and he's just <laughs> looking at me like. Staring this guy's got issues. This is also like a top 10 brown of all time. They looked very amused. Yeah. Denzel well, Ward got, had the uh, look on his face like, I'm not going to have to say much here. This guy's doing great. This I, is it fun got, for it, me. It got better because I had two lists of questions because we this has happened. We've been derailed before. It's like serious questions right. or fun questions. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm not going to go down the wrong road. And then it's like, you're, you're supposed to ask the sponsor question first. And I'm like eight questions in and realized I hadn't asked the sponsor question. And I asked it in a weird way. And with the note we got from you know, upper management Ugh. the next day was like, you don't go off script on the, on the sponsor. Um, yeah, I was, and then you were saddled with overly I was killed serious the rest, questions. The rest so. of the week. I'm very was... distracted right now. Cause, uh, Lakeisha Lincoln Wesseling and, and Lakeisha are oh, walking by. Podcast Hi. studio. Okay. Link is waving and it's melting my heart and the whole show is derailed. <laughs> wow. I forgot that Lakeisha's in town. Wow. We uh, saved an incredible. Stop I'm not. Bike. I'm not overly um, confident. Like I, mm. and I'm feeling good that Link is in this building right now. I feel like this mm. might be the most dangerous building in Los Angeles, <laughs> based on the. But he's uh, gonna come inside the ark. Issues. Here, we're gonna get him inside the ark two by two. We, we saw. <laughs> I saw them uh, yesterday for a little bowling and, and dinner. It would have been Chris Ooh. Wesleyan's fiftieth birthday. Yesterday. Oh my! And Happy wait a birthday, minute. Greg. And your birthday, Greg. And mine as well. Oh. Over and, Roger and Roger Goodell's. And Roger Goodell's. The the tree. In the that order, free, the holy trinity. The pillars, <laughs> like the Rams have Aaron Donald and Stafford. The the weight bearing walls. Unbelievable. How old did you turn? I'm 45, so I'm five. Oh. I was five years younger. What's going Big on? Big one. But uh, years. I think Chris would Chris would have been proud with no prep, no uh, telling him what to do. Link just took that bowling ball and threw the thing down there for a three year old like uh, like an athlete. He's Not fearless. surprised. It's yeah. in the Wesling DNA. I mean, their ability to play parlor games and, <laughs> and bowling and yeah and things of that nature. In fact, I was I was uh, last weekend or this past weekend I was up in Big Bear, um, where uh, I go every year with my buddy Bob and his family and our family. We have a nice time together. And uh, we happened to be staying uh, at a house that we had rented that was directly behind the Motor Inn Motel where uh, in 2015, I think we figured out, 
uh, Mark, uh, Wes, and myself uh, did a weekend in Big Bear that was debaucherous uh, on multiple levels. It was a all-time Chris um, night out yeah. uh, performance by Chris. <laughs> the twinkle in Sessler's eyes right now. No, because it was it was like it had story. many layers. It was it would be hard to tell a uh, two-hour story about. All I can tell you is the, the night ends with us putting Wes to bed <laughs> in one of the twin beds. And uh, Mark and I going into this little kitchen and eating bad pizza and listening to Counting Crows. But we had an amazing, like, as I walk, I have to cut, we cut through from the house through this parking lot. And there it is. It's room number one, this motor lodge oh. with the chairs. And then I got this flashback of, because uh, Wes and I were very dorky about softball. So we brought our gloves. And I remember the parking lot where we were having catch. And I believe you were sitting in the chair and we were just talking. And then there was a brewery across the street yep. where we went to Bear, Bear Mountain Brewery. A lot of memories. Uh, and I didn't even connect that it was on his birthday that mm. all this was going on. Mm. So a uh, 50th, that is a crazy, crazy thing. All right. Get on track. He's like, I thought this was a football podcast. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> I'm so serious. The offseason has, like, kind of begun, guys. It's, yeah, it's so like uh, we, we haven't seen each moment. other for a week. We have a lot of catching up to no, do. We just couldn't. They don't, they don't really talk football. I like, to, I like a real deep dive. Shut up. This, this feels. Shut up. Quiet, you little nerd. <laughs> I love I the think... listeners. Um... <laughs> right, and I don't think anyone's thinking that. It's, it's just this weird me. thing in your head. <laughs> Shut up. Silence. Oh, God. Shut up, Owen. Silence, four eyes. <laughs> you nerds. All right, let's get into it. Oh, God. Connie, when we were in Vegas, yes. uh, when we talked about the kind of subplots that are under the radar that... Um, <laughs> oh, no. That, like, real football heads uh, yeah. know, um, uh, which we are. Totes. <laughs> we can be that and also have personalities and be human beings. Um, um, what was your mm. subplot going into 58? Mm. Was it... Uh, did it have to do with Steve Wilkes? Steve Wilkes. <laughs> okay. I don't no. even remember what it was. What it, it was. It was that it could be a launching pad to greater... If he greater was height. able... Oh, it was a launching pad, all right. If he was able to get the defense together and have a good performance and beat the Chiefs and turn things around for himself because the narrative all year long was that he wasn't a good fit and there was a wrong philosophy and everything was terrible about that take. Gone. Steve Wilkes was relieved of his duties uh, three days after uh, the 49ers fell short in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, a game where I didn't think their defense played overly poorly, but there were more elements at play behind the scenes very clearly. Uh, we talked about it on the show going into the Super Bowl that maybe something wasn't quite right. Uh, here is Shanahan at his press conference. This morning I um, relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties. Um, Going to end up making a change here, defensive coordinator. And um really tough decision because really um, says nothing about Steve as a man or as a football coach. I mean, he's exactly what we wanted as a man. Uh, he is a great football coach. Um, but just where we're going, where we're at with our team um, from a scheme standpoint and things like that, um, looking through it all throughout the year through these last few days, um, I felt pretty strongly that this was a decision that was best for our organization. I'm, I'm not as surprised because Steve Wilkes came from outside like the Shanahan tree didn't have experience with him before Albert Breer wrote this thing that, and, and it sounded like something he had heard from inside the building that the management of the overtime period where, you know, it was kind of like the last straw, but that he might've been on shaky ground, even going into the mm. 
overtime where, you know, there's a third and six and they rush seven, but the, the defensive backs are all back. If, if you remember that play, it was a pretty easy uh, conversion. And then Shanahan actually took a timeout later in that overtime because mm-hmm. he saw what that uh, a similar setup was going to happen on another third down, I believe, uh, and didn't like it and made him change the call. And people are getting on Shanahan for making Steve Wilkes uh, a bit of a scapegoat. It felt like an awkward fit all year and they did underachieve. So I think that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's the old, like, you know, we saw a lot of mid season coordinator firings on good teams this year. And like, uh, but Shanahan had him come down from the booth after they were whacked a couple weeks in a row in the middle of the season. And I thought his, his words, like Shanahan at least is going to be honest about stuff. He just said it was harder than it needed to be. And it's mm-hmm. like, you're, you're exactly right. Like it's almost Belichickian where like so much of their coordinator action, they've lost a lot of coaches along the way or just, they're grooming in house and, and it just wasn't a fit. And Wilkes has been successful in other places. Uh, it's, he'll work again. It's not, that's not the question, but I think if you're, it's not just a scapegoat, like their defense really let them down later in the year or their overall now that season. Said they lost the Super Bowl because of the offense. They won. They played defense right. more than well. And like if the offense played to 75% of their average game in the Super Bowl, they win it. I, I pointed out in that post game pod, the first nine drives that you said, 13 points. That's an entire game. So the, the 49ers offense kind of lost that Super Bowl. If we're, if we're doing blame here and Steve Wilkes would not have been fired if the defense had a great uh, performance in the Super Bowl, which it did until the offense kind of let the chiefs back in it. So that's just bad luck, but that's also football. It's a lot about luck, but also the, the players didn't totally buy in. It felt like, like the star players, like the guys like Fred Warner and Nick Bosa, even after the game, Nick Bosa said that the defense was not prepared well enough to defend Mahomes. And mm. the Niners do run their defense like a very specific way. When Robert Sala came in and did it for the three years, and then D'Amico Ryans was promoted from within to run it that way. And Steve Wilkes, his whole background is mostly with DBs. And so that's where a lot of his energy and focus went to. And that's not really how they are run. They run more of like that Seattle cover three. So then I was thinking, well, what if like Pete Carroll ends up going there? in some capacity. I had that thought too. And it's kind of like a Pete ever going to, you think he's going to take a step down and go back to being a DC at 72 years old. Well, I mean, people were also like his maybe. first call to, should be to bill Belichick. I'm like, I mean, that's interesting. I'm Why so not call? But I, so it's hard to imagine. We talk about it like a, with this podcast, no reverse gears in this thing. Can Belichick or Carol, would they ever go and not be the leader of their own staff? That seems unlikely, but it doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. Carol kind of fits just because I don't know if he's head coaching again at any, at any right. point. There's like Mike Rabel's out there too, but he's too big and too tall and too strong apparently <laughs> to work inside any building. Um, by the way, it also kind of poked a hole in what was a plug and play narrative going into the season that anybody that was DC, that would be a launching pad because Sala, D'Amico, and he was also a victim, Wilkes, of the success of those guys, as it turned out, because they were dominant under Ryan's last year. Uh, and this year, they weren't bad. They finished third in points allowed, 17.5. Uh, but their underlying numbers, if you pop the hood, they are only ninth in defensive EPA. And they got killed in the playoffs, especially on the ground, giving up over five yards a carry and 149 yards in the postseason. Although, they shut down Isaiah Pacheco. So, I, you know, it's a tough one, but you got to trust Shanahan. Uh, we'll talk about Kyle. Shanahan can't fire later. Shanahan, so he had to fire. Although Shanahan. they're looking outside, like I, I don't think they have a, they didn't have like a logical replacement that's a, a within for built from within guy. Like yeah, Ed Brandon Staley's an option. They doesn't seem like they know who they're gonna. They wanted Vic Fangio last year to mm. get him. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's NFL career has taken another twist. The 
former 49ers and current Raiders quarterback has been suspended two games for violating the NFL's performance enhancing substance uh, policy. Uh, it is related uh, to Jimmy G using a prescribed medication without having a valid therapeutic use exemption from the league. Uh, Jimmy G will not appeal the suspension, so he'll miss the first two games of the season. Uh, reporting out there also says that the Raiders are expected to release Garoppolo before the fifth day of the new league year. Uh, that's next month. Uh, so Jimmy G, uh, who just signed a three-year, $72.75 million contract that never felt right. never felt, Even when it happened, I think everybody's like, ah, I don't know. That included oh, nearly $34 million guaranteed. I don't know if the suspension messes with that at all. but It does. But it does. Josh McDaniels was the team's head coach. Dave Ziegler was the general manager. None of that is the thing anymore. So that's how Jimmy G ends up back. I don't know where where he is on Greg's free agency 101, uh, if it gets to that. Uh, but uh, it can't be very high because I feel like he's at a low value point right now in his career. Yeah, he'd be a good a good backup 1B type. See, a good maybe 101. Probably a little higher. He would be higher, I think. It's a good point because he's not on my list. I kind of forgot about him because he is still on a roster Yikes. right now. But I will. Uh, That's not good. Well, I don't need to put him on now because he's not a free agent. But I do want to be mentally prepared where to put him. It's pretty rare that you lose $11 million, though, off of like a suspension like this. And that's what PFT reported that he will lose because of it because it's no longer guaranteed. That is pretty brutal. He has made $150 million in his career and has one season where he started every game. I think that his starting days outside of a disaster are done. Like you kind of want to go somewhere and kind of ride it out as a well-paid backup, maybe the Texans, because he's been in that offensive system, not having to learn a, a new system from scratch. But who can who can pitch him as a starter at this point? We've seen it. We've been there. We've done that. I wonder where the Raiders are going to go now, too, because Antonio Pierce said that he doesn't want some, like, Band-Aid situation at the quarterback position. They're at 13. Do they end up trading up at some point? They don't really, like, draft quarterbacks early. They never really have traditionally, but... Antonio Pierce does have a connection to uh, Jaden Daniels from LSU, the Heisman winner. So they go back. Pierce recruited him uh, at ASU. He gave uh, Antonio Pierce a shout out in that acceptance mm. speech. Um, and he was also in the Raiders locker room after that, like, win against Denver. So they have that connection going. So that could maybe be an option for them. Good nugget. Uh, good nug. Uh, speaking of Antonio Pierce, he was on Max Crosby's The Rush podcast um, recently, and uh, he had this to say about Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, you know, of course, the Raiders uh, during the interim run that Pierce had that got him this job in a full time capacity with the Raiders. Uh, they shut down the Chiefs on Christmas Day. Here's what he said uh, on the Rush podcast. You got the Jordan rules, and we, we, I'm calling now from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. Mm -hmm. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he came, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his ass. Anytime he came to the hole, elbows, yeah. filling them, yeah. love taps. We touched them. We in the head mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you. Mm -hmm. So I show those guys Jordan getting his Whooped. And you can get more of that at his Twitter handle, mm. The Rush with Max. <laughs> it's a little different. I'm just saying, uh, I, there's some Rex Ryan vibes with Antonio Pierce, which could be good or it could be bad. I am very dubious of that hire. Um, I, it feels like one, a late season 
run by an interim coach that I don't know if it's going to be repeatable in the regular season. I like from a content standpoint, someone going after uh, Patrick Mahomes and saying, we're going to, we're going to whoop on you. Uh, but you're just giving Mahomes more reason to, to whip your ass twice next year. I don't know why you need to verbalize that on the podcast, but uh, and it, like Dan, you've been on the beat, the, the <laughs> suspicious Antonio Pierce, Pierce beat, beat from, and I know Start. Raider fans don't are, are kind of every time I mention it, like they they're unhappy about it. But it's okay for someone else to have a different opinion about this guy. And I just don't know. He's a perfect interim coach. I just don't know if this is going to translate. I want I, I, I want it to work know. so yeah. bad that I'm like so all in on I, it. He's these always come crashing down on me. <laughs> he's in a tough spot being in the division with Harbaugh, uh, and, and Andy Reid and Sean Payton. But talk. Like, I do like that. It's why we liked Robert Sala, I think, when he first got the Jets job, because he was good on the mic and said certain... What happened to that guy? Like, right, certain confident things. It's why we like Rex Ryan. It's like, I, I like coach, uh, the rare coach that actually speaks to it, and they did beat Patrick Mahomes' ass. I mean, they that was maybe the worst performance by Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs since he's been there. So, like... They, they, I know they didn't win the Super Bowl of it, but it changed Antonio Pierce's life. I think it got him like oh, a four-year contract. Think, I think that was it. I think yeah. that was the win that did it. It was in Arrowhead, too, as I recall. Yep. Um, all right. And other news. You mentioned Rex Ryan. This was a good little uh, uh, media internal battle over in Bristol uh, because the Cowboys, uh, before they made it official that they were hiring Mike Zimmer as their new defensive coordinator, uh, replacing Dan Quinn, um, who got a head coaching job, uh, Rex Ryan had interviewed for the job, and uh, when Adam Schefter reported on, um, I believe it was the NFC or the title game Sunday, that Zimmer was going to get the job, Ryan on live television on ESPN refuted Adam Schefter's report. No, no. Yeah. Like, as far as I know, you know, this is, is not as a, this is not uh, a done deal. Like, I'm in, I'm in it. Well, sorry, Rex, because the Cowboys did indeed go uh, with Mike Zimmer, so he takes over. Here is Zimmer at his introductory uh, press conference uh, last week. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I mean, they've been pretty good. Uh, you know, I know there's been some situations where um, <clears throat> things haven't happened, but that happens in coaching. You know, it happens a lot. So um, we're going to look at the, the players, try and figure out the best way to use them, um, put the scheme together. Um, and again, you know, we, we want to take the good things that they've done and maybe add a few more other things that we've done good in the past. I'm happy that Zimmer's back. I like a good cantankerous old coach. Like, and he's grumpy. And uh, if things go sideways in <laughs> Dallas, if they, whenever they give him the mic, he's going to be, there's going to be some entertainment there. Zimmer, the old grump is back. I think uh, Zaddy made an interesting comment because it's a lot of them just, you know, slapping each other on the mm -hmm. back, but they faced each other a ton. And he said that, you know, when he'd get together with Aaron Rodgers, um, that they both identified Zimmer as the, and his defense in general as the kind of the thorniest thing they'd run into each season. I mean, that's not how it ended in Minnesota for Zimmer, where I think one of the reasons he was flushed out was like, this guy can't get along with younger players. He runs people the wrong way in the building. But I think the when you take away all the head coach layer of junk you got to do and you can just focus on this, it's not a it's a you know what you're getting with Mike Zimmer. And I think, if anything, the Cowboys can't go into the season on either side of the ball with a big mystery or question mark. And Jerry Jones knows exactly us. what he's getting with Mike Zimmer um, because he was with the Cowboys for a long time as a like defensive thir assistant. 13 years. A yeah. TV coach. I think of him mostly DC. as a Cowboys guy. Exactly. He was there in the 90s when they were just like a powerhouse through Bill Parcells. Yep. He 
um, brings drama. I mean, even this negotiation to get the job brought drama because the flip side of what you said to Rex Ryan was at some point, I think it was the Monday after the Super Bowl, for like an hour, Adam Schefter actually reported, uh, this Zimmer job that I had reported uh, was done is maybe not, you know, as locked in as as uh, we thought. And Rex Ryan is now a strong candidate. Within an hour, it was Zimmer's job. So it was, it was basically Jerry Jones and company saying like, all right, you've messed around long enough, Zimmer, wanting more money. We're not giving you the money. Like, stop this. Right. It has been a week. We are going to hire Rex Ryan. We're going to tell you by putting it through the thing, like, take the job. We want you to take the job. And then he takes the job. All right, let's pause right here for a minute and uh, take a break and then get back to the news. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, we're back. In other news, uh, the Buccaneers and Mike Evans, it's looking increasingly possible he's played his last game in Tampa. Um, it was reported the Bucks had a soft deadline to get an extension done with Evans that uh, told yesterday and both sides, according to Jordan Schultz of uh, Bleach Report, are far apart. Uh, so Tampa Bay will take on over $7 million in dead money if they don't get a deal done, which they didn't. And now uh, I think because of, Greg, the situation with um, what his the way his contract is is structured, any type of Franchise tag uh, would be very uh, burdensome to them. So it's very possible he ends up in your free agency 101, right? Yes, which would be fun. Uh, I think the tag for him would be $28 million, which just seems a little wild, even for a one-year contract, which is always nice for the team. And yeah, now they, they're already paying, putting $7 million on the books now, as you mentioned, in dead money. Like, even if they do re-sign him, they're going to have dead money from not having re-signed him by this week, which it does make it a lot uh, more likely that he's gone. And I, I think part of it is they want to use that franchise tag on Antoine Winfield would be my guess. Baker Mayfield's also a free agent. They have other free agents, and they really might say goodbye. I wouldn't totally rule it out, like, that they just step up and give him, but it doesn't make financial sense. Like, why, you know, why would they have dead money and then sign him for even more money? Mark. Yeah, and the tag okay. doesn't make a ton of sense because it's like this isn't they won a playoff game and like that they had a nice season and it's like you got a lot of moving parts with Baker and the rest but it's like this isn't a one year Super Bowl window team where you bring them back and then have to do this next off season. Yeah, but I don't love watching Mike Evans just go out the door either. Um, this is great news, Mark, for uh, fans of teams in the AFC North that are not uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, fans. Jerry Dulac is it Dulac 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 Dulac. It could be all of them. Dulac. I don't know. Gary D of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette uh, had this. Uh, he wrote this recently in his reporting. Uh, in fact, there appears to be some internal division that maybe R Mason Rudolph should be the starter <laughs> after the way he finished the 2023 season, winning the final three regular season games to gain entry into the playoffs. In any event, Dulac went on, the Steelers are not interested in bringing in a quarterback who wants to be a starter. That would include Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins. 
and probably even Russell Wilson, who has a connection to the team. They are committed to giving Kenny Pickett a third season to see if he is the guy to do more than just win a playoff game, something they haven't done in a franchise record seven years. So the post-Big Ben landscape and really the end of Ben's career there, uh, the quarterback has been a problem for Pittsburgh. And I think this is, I mean, if you're a Steelers fan, you're pulling your hair out because you don't, you know Rudolph is who Rudolph is, and Pickett hasn't shown enough. Are they actually? Is this a smokescreen, Sestog? Are I don't they think actually it, I don't serious th- about this? I, I, mean, I think think the, the environment could change depending on you know who becomes available, and there are you know there was some whispering during Super Bowl week that Ryan Tannehill w- was maybe on the radar of the Steelers. But if this is their plan, I you know they're such a con- surely consistent organization always have been. But then also. You get stuck in your own thinking here. This is about as uncreative a solution to a quarterback problem. Um, quarterback problems get people fired. And like Mike Tomlin's in a better position than most coaches and most coaching staffs. But you're in a division with Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and in theory, Deshaun Watson, but also the Browns and Ravens defenses. Right. It's like you're going st- to tell Steelers fans in mid-February, mm. we're going back in with the same two dudes at quarterback. You don't wait till year three or four to find out if a rookie can't play. Connie, it seems impossible. Yeah, well, you cut Trubisky, and then Mason Rudolph is an impending free agent, so you don't have a backup to Kenny Pickett. Like, what? what is your plan exactly? Like, I that guess feels- they assume that they'll mm-hmm. want Mason Rudolph more than any other team, which is a pretty safe <laughs> assumption. For people in the building to want him to start, they also are probably looking at Mason Rudolph not as you did in saying we know who he is, Dan, right. and looking at him. But as, they made it a different way than I at, do. Right. They, yeah. They're looking at him as a guy that, you know, didn't play for two or three years. And then when he did just play at the end of last season, they saw maybe a di- they believe they saw a different guy and they're going into it. It seems insane. And I don't quite buy it because Arthur Smith has no history with those guys. He's the offensive coordinator. Like I like it's funny that they used the like the first hours of the offseason to cut Trubisky. It was just like it's <laughs> almost like mean. And their punter, who did have some pretty bad moments, yeah. Presley Harvin, and their starting right tackle, they mistakenly gave a huge contract to just a couple of years ago, a Corafor, Chuck's a Corafor, and so they've cut him too. It's like, I don't know. I don't buy this. What team doesn't want to bring in a quarterback that wants to start? It just seems so We've seen Arthur Smith without a quarterback. Okay. Doesn't it feel like, like a, a little Steelers-y though too? Yes. That's the only yes. reason yes. I believe it. Yep. And, th- and let me preface this by saying there are many teams who are worse than the Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFL right now. Hell, they did make the playoffs this year, but there is not, in my opinion, there is not a more boring team in football right mm-hmm. now. A team that I, I look less forward to watching on game pass than watching. I, Pittsburgh I give Steelers you the game. new England Patriots. I mean, it's February, but they're, but they're that, bad. They're in that nice. world though. Yeah, they're but they're bad, bad and, boring. and boring. And I understand you have a personal connection to them, but I'm saying like I, when I put it on, unless you're, you know, you get juiced watching their defense, make plays and TJ Watt. And I get that. But in terms of offensive football, mm. the Steelers are, with especially they have players they have players and sometimes you see it but it's such a slack it always feels like it's raining and and it's just like it's just you don't have to watch this for a number of months though at least there's no sun you know that old story about the girl that gets locked in the closet when there's the one sunny day on mars you know that old fable or whatever that tale was no but i'm interested never rapunzel's cousin i'll look it up i'll find it mars i feel like i'm the i'm the little girl locked in the closet for the one day of sunshine and every time i get out it's raining again at 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 the old heinz field and i'm watching a slog uh, 16, 10 game. I'm just sick of it. Steelers fans. You hear me. You might even know what I'm talking about, about the girl that never got to see the sun. 
Uh, Connie, are you searching I'm just, that for No, me? no, I'm just writing oh, okay. down that Dan is the little girl locked in the so closet. See what's happening on Mars also? <laughs> I kind of feel like it might have been a Mars That's a scenario. Fable? I don't know. Let me look into it. Uh, go ahead. Let me tee you up on another item and uh, <laughs> I'm going to get out of the way. Russell Wilson is selling his, his Denver home, Mark, uh, after a disastrous uh, two-year run with the Broncos that appears at an end. And also uh, the player he was once traded for, Geno Smith, the Seahawks go ahead and guaranteed his base salary this year. Uh, paving the way for uh, another season there. Go ahead. All right. Well, the home was worth about $25 million. Let's start right there. Then let's end right there. It's I think they a said rich it's the most expensive property ever sold in the Denver area just two years ago. So, uh, oh my gosh. Wow. I'm not I think so, I saw like 12 he's, bedrooms. He's got to sell it. You're not, I get that. You're not going to, you know, Airbnb that. That sounds difficult. <laughs> so you get out of town, you're gone. And I, I do think the one reason I thought about putting this into our, Storylines, it's more from the Broncos side because, like, they're going to need obviously a lot at quarterback, something to keep Sean Payton happy. There's ways they could go depending where they are in the draft, but the, the financials saddled to Wilson are insane. I mean, they're like, you can get any, I feel like any team get out of these things, but they'll, they will essentially have them 85 million in dead money. There's a pretty it, strong case that it's the worst trade in NFL history that it's in it's right there with Herschel Walker and all these other and the GM survived for what, for what they got what they gave up the money that you're saying is now even hurting them into this year and, and you got like one disastrous season in one season where he was like the 19th best quarterback in the league out of all that it's crazy and I don't I don't see the home for him because Pittsburgh like Chad Ochocinco's on his podcast saying he he's been hearing all week that Russell Wilson and Steelers that's a match that wouldn't match up with the report we just talked mm -hmm. about, though. And that report from Dulac almost felt like a response to all this Russell Wilson stuff because it was going around quite a bit in Vegas. He's like the Steelers are the favorite for his next destination. I don't think that means anything. And I, I don't know if there's a starting job for Russ out there. And finally, in the news, uh, the tag window has opened. Um, Greggy, what do you got? Anybody uh, a little tag talk? You want to do a little tag talk? I want to do a little tag talk. Yeah. The Gino Not a tag thing, talk. The it's Gino a tag thing, talk. by the way, was interesting. I, I yes. did want to mention just that they guaranteed him the base salary, which was pretty low, but almost immediately the Schefters of the world put out that the Seahawks thought, look, he's he has a low price and that whether we keep him or trade him, we want to, he's a good, at, like he's basically an asset. And I was like, ooh, well, that, that would indicate to me they're thinking about possibly trading him. They, there's Depending one on how the offseason goes. Yeah. Their new offensive coordinator was the Washington Huskies head coach, Ryan Grubb. And if you th think that maybe they could keep Geno, because it's I think this is the opposite of the Russell Wilson thing where it's like, he's an affordable quarterback at that price. But Grubb was like the guy who was attached to Michael Penix Jr., who is like yep. a rising name at quarterback. And maybe Geno works as a keep him around yeah. for one season and let Penix Jr., be your dude or fill in the blank rookie. It just struck me as a, when, when I saw that from the Schefters of the world, it's just like, and they're not sure yet. They're going to see like what's maybe shakes out see how they feel in a month or two, but they would be happy. They'd be happy enough if they have Gino, like that's mm -hmm. a good option, but they might be looking that's around all, or maybe they'll do something with Penix. Like that's fine, but I'm still stuck on the fact that uh, Russell Wilson has fewer wins in Denver than he had bathrooms in his house that he's selling. <laughs> <laughs> How about Pat? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. statistics. Right? That's yeah. up there he's, with. He's like, never gonna pass it. That's a good like rich people mansion story. That's up there with when <laughs> MC Hammer went bankrupt and like, did you know he had gold plated uh, faucets in his bathroom? <laughs> like, oh, 
Probably shouldn't have done that. Patrick right. Mahomes yeah. and Andy Reid also have more wins in Allegiant Stadium than any Raiders coach quarterback combo. That's a fun one. All of uh, them together. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Duffy. That's a take. Okay, so the tag, it's open. Yeah, tag talk. It's a big, big tag day, February 20th. Everyone, I don't know how you're celebrating. Pinch me. You can, you can apply the tag. You got a couple weeks to do so. Uh, made a quick list. I think Antoine Winfield, I think he gets it. Over T- Baker, over T- Evans. Yeah, T. Higgins almost certainly is going to get it. After that, a little fewer, less, less locks than over. Josh Allen, I would say, with the Jaguars. Can you pause there one second? Yeah. Rewind. Uh, T. Higgins. I thought it was kind of uh, a foregone conclusion he was going to reach free agency. Did something change there? I think they're going to let Tyler Boyd go do that. But then you could lose two guys, and you've got to pay Chase, too. Because it's the Bengals, they keep things in-house in terms of sourcing and reporters better than just about any team. No one really knows. I just think it'd be kind of crazy to let T. Higgins go to the— I agree with you. I I I feel like everyone's been already like putting him atop the free agency board. Yeah. And now that's— I think Burrow came out and like basically said that he— he needs him back. We'll, and they we'll, have the cap space, right? We'll yeah. see. To they have a lot of that should space. not be in the lock. I used to do it as a column, as yeah. a lock. It's, mm-hmm. it's close to it. But Josh Allen, I think, is a lock. Brian Burns is probable. Justin Matabike for the Ravens, good chance. Christian Wilkins for the Dolphins, good chance. So these, are, again, are all, all the best possible free agents. Jalen Johnson, I think, the cornerback for the Bears, decent chance. Legereus Sneed and Chris Jones is a huge Chiefs conversation mm. where the yeah. Chris Jones Good would Lord. be do thirty two million on the I think would be the, his tag number. Yes, Something that's ins- it. That's wild, insane. Or Legarius Sneed, who I think is going to become, if not the highest paid cornerback in the league, close to it. That's trick tricky. I was I was thinking about that right after the Super Bowl because I ran into Spags on the field and he was yeah you did he was crying like and and when I asked him about like just you know the win obviously he immediately went to. This is never this is this group is never going to be together again mm. and we're never going to have these players experience this and it was more like from a place of sadness than it was celebratory tears and right. that really hit me and in that moment I was like Chris Good Jones call. Chris Jones Chris Jones Good and call. would they really just like let him walk to me the 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 best way to do this probably would be to tag Snead and get that deal done with Jones before free agency somehow he's going to cost the Jones this ton was of money, like though. at the at the celebration and we we'll get like that Jones like verbalized that he wanted to be there for like multiple mm-hmm. more years. And it, he had certainly had had a few beers, but I think that's, that leads to more truth, truth. And that time. And then some other, <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. <laughs> a few I, beers they, and were, they, they were Odules right. though. Well, also like if they're going to pay him and, yeah. they'll, and it, let's say it's a little bit less than he goes to some hideous team that has a ton of cap room, like the commanders or something like, why not win multiple Super Bowls for just a little bit less money? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I mean, the, what Mahomes. Did with his contract, more or less. I love that. Not all about the greenbacks. He's he's already making so much money. He wants like, to I, have. I, the when big, is it enough? I think the saddest thing is like when he a wants great player wins Super deal. Bowls and then goes to a terrible team, and it's just like yes. the one guy on a terrible team. He he needs like the three year guaranteed that's, money, but he should get that. <laughs> well, if you're bored by the steal, I don't want to see him on the Panthers or like the no Commanders. no no. Like that's like, I'm saying. Yeah. life is it's just not about all greenbacks. Yeah, no, I was agreeing. It's with your not. Take. I mean, for I'd say for the 90% of doing the show, we knew it was not all about greenbacks. And, you know, <laughs> gets closer to that all the time. Um, Saquon else? Barkley, by the way. Saquon, so a couple other big news, yes. which is less likely. Tag talk Saquon, still happening. Saquon Barkley, <laughs> Derrick Henry, Tyron Smith. I think they're all unlikely. No, but, you know, no one. one thing, though, and then Kirk Cousins and Daniel Hunter, who you might look at like, oh, right. why are they on the free agents list? Both of them cannot be tagged. Because of their, they have that in their contract. So the Vikings will not be using their tags. Well done. On those Good job by the agent. Patrick Queen, though, also in 
Baltimore. Like he's, you think they're? I just try don't to, think they would do it. Tag talk? No, I, I think that's ask, a good question. I just see him listed. Uh, along. Yes, jump in. I personally don't I'm think in, that I'm they would. Out. Water's nice. Play put that much money on another inside linebacker when they have Roquan Smith, but maybe they they would surprise me, especially when you have a, a Matabike as an option. All right, we're caught up. That's what's happening in the news. Here we go. You ready? All summer in a day is a science fiction short story by American writer Ray Bradbury. First oh, published famous. in March 1954. The story is about a class of students on Venus. Right, strong Ch- pew, Marky. Uh, which is, in the story, a world of constant rainstorms where the sun is only visible for one hour every seven years. One of the oh children, Margot, moved to Venus from Earth five years ago, five years earlier, and is the only one who remembers the sun since it shines regularly on Earth. She describes to the sun... She describes the sun to the other children as being like a penny or a fire in the stove. The other children, being too young to have ever seen it themselves, do not believe her. Just before the sun comes out, a boy named William rallies the other children, and they lock Margot in a closet down a tunnel. The teacher arrives to take the class outside to enjoy their hour of sunshine. In their astonishment and joy, they all forget about Margot and gleefully rush to play outside, savoring every second of their newfound freedom. It begins to rain again. And the children start crying once they realize they won't get to see the sun again for another seven years. The children run back in, inside as the sun disappears and it starts storming. At this point, one of them remembers Margot. They let her out of the closet and stand frozen, ashamed over what they have done now that they will fin- and that they finally understand what she had been missing. That's what it's like watching the Pittsburgh Steelers and all. I mean, it's an incredible um, vision that you've created for us. I think like Raymond Bradbury, uh, right. obviously testing the limits of uh, various substances and, and was on the child gang beat well before other mm. people. And I've, you know, yeah. I've been on that beat myself that these child gangs are a problem. For about 15 <laughs> seconds there, that. I thought that was like a live ad read. <laughs> Dan like, is Margot. So. Like for Audible, I don't know what it would be for. Let, let uh, the American viewing public out of that closet, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the least let, you let can us do. see the sunshine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. That's uh, yeah. That's it. We'll be right back. And when we return, the <laughs> <laughs> biggest storylines of the off season. Ahead. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. First and goal. Mahomes swings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special... This was the Andy Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career, he's been waiting for. He's won Super Bowls, but he's never had it in an overtime. He is the best. He is the standard. When Michael Jordan wins it again. There it is, the call of the touchdown to Nicole Hardman from Patrick Mahomes in overtime. You know, that was, I thought about it um, on the flight home from Vegas. Um, 
the first time in NFL history. Now, second overtime game, but that obviously Falcons. Oh, oh my God. Kyle. Yeah. Was the overtime. <laughs> uh huh. <sighs> Both of those. That's crazy. Um, that's a tie game, obviously, uh, when you're running back. Was it James White? Goes in the end zone. Uh, that that was the first time in NFL history where the Super Bowl is decided where one team's winning when the play starts and the other team wins when it's over. That is crushing to the very last play. And I still can never I'll always remember sitting um, at, at that great spot. We had that perch where our our studio setup was um, all of those Niners fans right below us like they in the even though it was creeping death. There still was a chance if there's a Malcolm oh, yeah. Butler type play or something could happen. They were a bad incredibly snap. hopeful. I mean, yeah, a man. The well, right in front of us, there was a lot of anxiety, which is understandable. The center for the Chiefs all game was bad snaps over and over and over again. Their former first round pick, um, holding out hope, but hope was not going to be rewarded. On that, that feeling day. of them coming down the field to. Uh, quote Dave Damashek was like that's living to me like there's a lot of that's living most of it's in your life with people that matter to you that you love doing things and stuff but they're to me that's why I love sports like feeling emotions no I'm saying in a in a in a moment like that where you've built the entire season to just like it's all gonna happen in these next couple of moments there to me is a heightened sense of life of reality where everything you're you know you notice more in those spots you see a little more in those spots and it's one of the reasons why this job is so great mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. the guy the guy that i'll always think of was directly below me and when um moody hits the field goal to put them at head in overtime he is seated with his head down he can't even watch and i think his wife and his buddy like pat him on the back he's like he made it he made it so you can imagine where he was minutes later so it's a great sports, man. I, I also have this memory of because, you know, unlike other Super Bowls, we're on the East Coast and you come back to like the hotel and there's like eight people awake because mm -hmm. we were there to like two in the morning. Like you go back to our hotel in Vegas and it's like we haven't even begun this evening. Like right. what's everyone's. But there were hordes of like Niners fans, obviously, in our hotel. And I just thought like, how low are you feeling where you're like in this haze post game where you're wandering around with like your pals all in like use check and McCaffrey jerseys and you've just lost another Super Bowl. It's just mm -hmm. like, I think it just feels so hopeless for the losing team. Even though I see, the, I looked at the, like the DraftKings odds and like the Niners were the number one team to go back there. I'm thinking like, I will never not pick the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl <laughs> in the next couple of years. I'm not Same. falling down this trap Same. door ever again. Same. We where we were, uh, our green room in the stadium shared a wall with the Chiefs locker room. So for like wow. two hours after the game, we could just hear everything that was happening. And so everyone that like works on the Super Bowl, the whole crew just stays and drinks afterwards and like hangs out on the field. But it was so interesting to like sort of all like huddle around with our like little like red solo cups trying to listen to the chief's mm. speech through the concrete wall. Very cool. That's wild. amazing. Like that game more. I had this theory, like the way that game, and it really was a, a great game in terms of strategy and, and everything that went on the last like quarter and a, you know, overtime and a half essentially. But it reminded me of a great tennis match. When in a previous life, when I used to you know get into these sorts of things, no sport 
has the odds flip as quickly as a great tennis match? Because you, you get to the championship, you have a match point. Right. You might lose that point, lose that game, and then it's right back to tied. That terrible win probability yeah. chart it, is just off. It the, goes like from nuts. like all you yeah. need is one more point. You're like minus eight hundred to right. win, and then two seconds later, you're an underdog. And that's what the Super Bowl felt like because there were a couple match points. The 49ers coming out of that two-minute warning, all they needed was a first down. Ugh. That was essentially yeah. a match point. You only needed four yards. The whole last Mahomes drive, you could look at it like the defense just had to make one play, and there was, you know, and then the, the whole thing would be over. There was a second 18. There was a third and long. Mm-hmm. And so there was all just like the whole thing could have ended on one point, and, but it didn't. The fourth it didn't. quarter into overtime was some of the best Super Bowl oh my God. drama that we've ever been in person for. Yeah. And I really agree with you. At the end, you could just feel like this building, the tension in the building, like rising. Um, a few other Super Bowl takeaways before we uh, look ahead to the offseason. Uh, first of all, shout out Colleen Wolf, who was the in stadium <laughs> host of the freaking game. We hey. mentioned it on Super Bowl Sunday, that was but fun. Uh, so, uh, Connie. All throughout the pregame, including her Thunderbirds going up in the in the <laughs> yeah. jet, um, watch that with astonishment in the stadium, including the iconic shot of you in the suit with the giant American flag in front of you. <laughs> it's on your Instagram, Looking back right? Because it's, yeah. it's I missed it live, but I was glad you posted yeah. it. You did a great job explaining it on Radio Row, but actually seeing it was, uh, I, I was blown away. And then you did an awesome job. Um, all throughout the game that then went into overtime. Did you get paid extra when it goes into overtime? <laughs> no, so. but so, that's okay. So people know, like, when, <laughs> when you're in commercial break watching the game, Colleen is with a co-host. And who was it? Uh, I, there was a few there different a people. Few, Sibley, Mike Rob, Steve was there, Smith. Basically talking things, uh, talking through the crowd to 70,000 people, like, what's going on, sharing different thoughts. Uh, it was very cool. Um, and I think also one quick yeah. thing, because, like, we'd, it's, it's commonplace for us to watch you just go star like this. But we were lucky enough to bring like guests and like we're like, oh, that's our friend like down on the field, yeah. like announcing to the entire stadium and flying around and jet to like, that's your friend. It makes it feel like a Aww, home game. Like, you, you and C- Cynthia also had a couple segments where yeah. she was voicing stuff in the pregame. And I'm just like, wow, our friends are just like voicing the freaking you, Super Bowl. I think you it's put incredible. it well on the on the Super Bowl wrap up show, Greg. It, it feels like our world has gotten a little smaller for a game that big, which is that was my a cool thing. Oh, that was actually great. I I do. I I was going to give it to you if you needed it after the ticket fiasco on your desk. Yeah, thank you. Um, (laughs) I my my kind of takeaway after because, again, we we're watching the game in person. Our vantage point isn't always great. We don't have access to replays. And then we go and we do an hour and a half on the uh, right after the game talking about it. So getting to read and watch things. um, I thought what it was a boondoggle for Kyle. I thought Shanahan it. And and things that I've watched about his strategy, uh, one one I watched like a real deep dive, a cut up of like mistakes that he made in strategy, his failure to protect adequately, call up uh, protect schemes for Purdy, um, typified by the final possession they had in overtime before the field goal, where they call a fake kind of end around to CMC. That involves to sell the fake to CMC involves the center pulling away from Chris Jones and then leaving the middle of the San Francisco um, offensive line, which was their weakness throughout the game. And the way they ran the football, the the way Spag, they kind of played right into Spags' hands throughout the game where Spags kind of schooled Kyle Shanahan, where they're running McCaffrey over and over into this area occupied by their guards, which is their weak point. And Chris Jones, the most dominant defensive lineman on the planet. Um, and then right down to, um, of 
of course, the overtime situation, which we talked about a little bit um, on Super Bowl Sunday, but the team, San Francisco, clearly not maybe having a handle on the, the overtime rules and the obviously the decision not to uh, give the ball to the Chiefs after they win the coin toss in OT. And so on the New Heights podcast, Travis Kelsey and his brother Jason, uh, they get into how overtime played out and the setup and how prepared the Chiefs were for it. Like the Patriots famously had Ernie Adams, their their guy that was behind the scenes that had that team always kind of one step ahead, and especially in these type of crucible games. Well, the Chiefs have someone, a guy named Mike Frazier, who is their statistical analysis coordinator. And Travis Kelsey uh, made a point on his podcast to give him credit for having them prepared in a way it seemed mm. like the 49ers were not. He's the one that goes over all these scenarios, all these big-time situations. Yep. And a half and a game, rule changes. He's the one that comes up, stands in front of the team. When he comes in front of the team, you hear everybody get fired. Fresh. And sure enough, he goes over these kind of situations. I'm pretty sure we went over the overtime rules three times, four mm. times in the two-week span that we were – in like the play, like in the actually, the overtime rules. The every single week we talked about overtime rules in the playoffs. Yes, and Frazier's up front giving what we would do in all these scenarios. So everybody on the team on our like we knew exactly what the best situation was, how we were going to handle it, how we were going to like attack it, <laughs> and um, a guy like that man, you don't realize how big of a big of a you know, job it is to do that kind of stuff because it's kind of like, all right, you're going over the rules. We kind of know the rules, but it's like when you harp on them, it becomes second nature and you don't even think about it in the uh, in the game. And it's just, you know, Frage coming up big, man. They got to they gotta get a Frage over there in, uh, in San Fran. <laughs> I mean, hold on, though. So Bunsen burner. Frage, Frage can walk away knowing that Travis Kelsey obviously was listening to Frage, but then you've got the narrative that Michael Harmon didn't even know that the game was over. So someone's not paying attention. No. Well, you can only do so much. Well, but, I mean, it's but not Frazier's fault, but the, me, Cole Harmon, it didn't stick into me. Well, Harman's I think he mind. was just, yeah. I don't know if it, he didn't know the rules as much as like he was just in the moment. Also, like playing. how many catches like, had he even made to that point when he was with, all season long before I, that? I think he was just like focused on like, I'm going to make a play. Change, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it you, does. Do you think the Niners don't have a guy like that? That would bat. No, I don't. There was enough on, reporting around yeah. the game afterwards that there I don't, was a I lot don't of think confusion. Kyle Shanahan had a good feel of it either. He came back the next day and then said, well, actually our plan was we wanted to get the ball third. Like if we match, then we wanted to get the th- ball third. And I was like, I don't believe you. You've lied a lot in public situations. You lied about that Steve, you were going to keep Steve Wilkes the day before you got rid of him. And I understand why you have to do that. But the day before when he got asked the same question, he didn't have that answer. He just said, and Greg, uh, come on, we yeah. wanted the ball. He inadvertently That's what he said. pulled That's... on himself again right. when he said that because I think Kelsey or some, I think Kelsey also said the Chiefs plan written in stone is that if uh, the other team scores a touchdown, we get the ball back. We go for two if we score a touchdown. Right. So no matter what, there wasn't a third possession coming for the Niners, and he wasn't prepared for that as a possibility either. And I guess the one other thing I'm going to say is that um, I watched another cut-up of their their game plan. We talked about Debo Samuel was targeted 11 times, uh, three catches. Um, he is not good as good in man coverage. Uh, he eats up zone coverage. Their man coverage destroyer is Brandon Ayuk who just throughout the playoffs really was not getting targeted the way he should. And they showed all these moments in the game where you're targeting Ayuk, he's probably shaking free with his route running ability. 
in a way that Debo doesn't because he has a different skill set. So I'm just all these things like it's just like you Kyle doesn't get a pass and, and I'm not going to bury Purdy at all. I don't think he played a great game, but didn't play poorly. Shanahan, I think, got, got out coached in a huge stage. And and when we talk about him, quote, unquote, not being able to get over the hump and choking, like this is more like digging into it a little further is how is he getting beaten these giant games? Well, he got out coached and that plays a and I, massive it, it, role. It's, it's when we go in critique, like Bengals teams under Zach Taylor of old, where like they couldn't adjust the offensive line in game and Burrow's getting killed. It's like Brock Purdy, like actually I, I, I we didn't blame him after the show. And we shouldn't like, he faced a ton of uh, like just pressure where no one was un- unblocked, like pass rushers coming right. Up. I think there were nine he in had that a, game. Chris Jones had a adjust. free rush so that on pl- that third down. That, that play cannot happen. Right. It's funny, though, how Super Bowls sometimes get decided a little bit. John Feliciano, he's not like a great player, got hurt in the first half of that game. He was replaced by Spencer Burford, who after the game had to own up on Monday to being the guy who blew that protection only because his own teammate Feliciano, who had gotten hurt, mm-hmm. came to the right tackles defense on Twitter saying, like, that's not Colton McKivitz's fault. Stop blaming him. And everyone's like, oh, wait, so you're blaming the other guy. And so they had to, like, talk it out and stuff. And this is this is what happens uh, when you lose Super Bowls. It's a lot of blame. Mm. Sucks. I just like McCall Harbin <laughs> is just stuck in my head because it happened in the end zone that was like right in front of us yep. where we were standing. And then. Rick Burkholder, their head trainer, the Chiefs, like ran over to me on the field because I used to work with him when I was in Philly. And he's like, grabbed me and was like, oh my God, Miko Hardman, look up how many catches he had in this game. It was only like two or three and that was the one that won it for us. And then just like ran <laughs> off. Wow. Like it was like a, awesome. a fever dream of sorts. He didn't say like, how, have you, how are you doing? How have things been for you? <laughs> he was like, like, go talk to, go find him. I was, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, anything else game-wise? takeaways um and we should mention because we haven't mentioned yet there's the parade that happened in kansas city after the super bowl was marred by uh act of senseless violence a shooting where um over 20 people were shot a person was killed uh all the other people who were injured have been released from the hospital which is great news and um you know i i don't have to say much on this i don't know what you guys have to say other than uh, this stuff sucks but it doesn't surprise me anymore in this country and uh it's sad gun violence and these type of mass shootings continue to happen. Um, but once, I guess I do want to say something that um, when what happened in Sandy Hook Elementary School in 2012, when a room full of first graders were murdered uh, with an AR-15 and our political system couldn't get on the same page to do anything about that. And we've had hundreds and hundreds of people murdered since in, in these type of acts. Um, I just have no faith in our country and our system to, stop these things from happening and it just sucks. Yeah, like half the wounded were under age 16. Mm-hmm. I mean, that stands out because I think this is meant to be, and you know, Kansas City's had a bunch of these, um, but it's a still special, special event for your fan base, many who can't afford to go to games. It's like the, they were the players and like there was a report that like Andy Reid was actually like helping children that had been separated from their parents and stuff. It's like they were in, integrated with the crowd in a big way and it's like, this is what you have to worry about happening. And like, we, you know, we have kids and it's like 30 years ago, this wouldn't be on a parent's mind. But now it's like, I'm sending my kids to school in a, you know, a cityscape of some, to some degree. And I don't know if it's safe at all. And it's like nothing, there's not, I don't, there's all this half the country saying, well, these are things, we want these weapons for protection, all this stuff. 
enough with that nonsense. Stop taking like money from the National Rifle Association politicians mm-hmm. and like do something about it. Like at what, at what point? Because I think you're right. It's like it's a news story. And then like if it, you know, when when the when the first time it happens, like when it's Columbine, like the nation is stunned and it's like a two year, three year long story. Now it happens and it's in it's gone off the news cycle in two days because we're not surprised by it. No, and we try to like we want to focus on the positive and you focus on the heroism of the day and and you do respect that to the nth degree and how the chiefs have reacted and how everyone in that city reacted and yet it's like not the it's the least surprising thing ever and so when we're talking about like american exceptionalism or worse it's like this doesn't happen anywhere else this is just us yeah it i mean it's it's awful there's nothing else to even add to it just the fact that there were so many kids that were harmed and the nurses from the hospitals that were treating them talked about just the fear that was in their faces when they got to the hospital and just how heartbreaking that is that you go to celebrate a Super Bowl win at a parade, which should be the most exciting and fun thing to do as a parent with your kids, with your friends, for your entire city, for your team, and then to end up at a hospital and be that scared and have that trauma happen because that is not something that leaves you for a very, very, very long time. Um, and shout out to Patrick Mahomes um, and his wife and Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and everyone else who um, you know gave money um, to try to support the the victims and uh, the people that that tackled the others too the sure, fans right. that just like went ahead and and put their lives on the line too. Um, all right, let's take a break and uh, when we come back, let's uh, dig into those off season storylines to come. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right. Okay. Welcome back. Big beefy show. We were away for over a week, so and we so just much. couldn't couldn't help wait ourselves. to get in front of the mic and talk. We Greg turned it. forty-six about twelve minutes ago. <laughs> uh, so the honking. It's been heavy honking, but I think it's been a nice ep so far. Absolutely. I got nowhere to be. Really. I mean, I do, but. Well, we're not, here. Not right away. I have a lunch date with Cynthia. Okay. <laughs> and, quite, and quite frankly, um, I'm a little afraid to step outside the studio. For, uh, one false step. It's Ground's like, a little uh, shaky. Yeah. The Temple of Doom uh, that we now inhabit <laughs> here. Uh, so hopefully we'll be safe on our ways back to our car. Anyway, before we do that, it is the 2024 <laughs> offseason. Officially, we have uh, free agents. In fact, uh, announcement, uh, Horn. You know, that old announcement, Horn. I like that one. I like this. It builds anticipation about stuff. Yes. Um, <laughs> Greg's free agent 101 list uh, is dropping later this week and on Thursday uh, or, or something close enough. I think uh, Monday. It's Monday. Due, it's due this week. Uh, it's due. Uh, yeah, they got to uh, edit it. For the, the old edit uh, at the end of the week. But on Thursday, we will be talking about it. And Mark, it just did uh, dawn on me and we probably play a little catch up, but I don't doubt our ability. Do we want to roll out 
maybe a free agency 102 this year. <laughs> well, you had talked about, la- you know, on our last show or a couple shows yes. before that, that you wanted to maybe take the job from Greg. An outright swipe. Right. I've, I've abandoned that plan. I enjoyed yeah. my days off. <laughs> yeah, he announced yes. that would have to happen during yeah. your vacation. Um, yes, I think that, we, you know, we've customarily co- come, come up with our own list. We, you know, I think we were capable Looking forward of doing to that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just go, we, we don't have to go 101 deep necessarily. We go. You want to go 11? Go 200, 300 deep if we need. Oh, you want to go that Yeah, I mean, way. like, kind of be like, then the viewer who's new to the exercise is like, wait a minute, those guys worked harder than that guy. How many free agents are there? But I know, but after, but after you get to like, to like 200, 300, just a random name generator. Like, how many like... Uh, you threw uh, out 11. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many like uh, dues paying union members connected to uh, the good Players Association are eligible for free agency? Because I'm saying we just get we, the whole, Rank them whole up. Right. list. Right. We'll do, we'll do 1,200. I don't think it's that many. I know it's not that many. But if it is, let's find out. Eric, once we get that footage from upstairs, can we find out how many free agents are there? Or maybe in, put Randy a, on that a, one. In a typical <laughs> year. A big funk on that one. <laughs> got it. Probably like, got to be what, three to 500? I, I have no idea, though. Big funk is calling his right. girlfriend. I'm not coming home today. Sessler's list will be three to 500 then? Well, yeah. it's Sessler and like Dan, right. Dan and Mark. Too. I felt better about the 11, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think it sets a it sets the bar in a new I like place. your ambition. It blinds me with the greatness of it the, yeah. and the lofty the loftiness of it. So let's do it. So the free agency three oh one. Let's do that. Wow. Uh, Mark and Dan dropping at some point. We're gonna at some point sneak attack on the old Rosen dog here. Uh, but Greg's one oh one is coming next week on dot com. But we're gonna talk about it. Uh, so you have free agency that's coming. Of course the draft is coming. Uh, you know like move the sticks guy. He's already up to Mach 2.0. Oh, Mike, already? So with that, with that in mind, let's, let's get into it. And uh, Colleen, do you want to get us going? How, how strong sure. do you feel Who about this? Who cares about Jeremiah? I, I feel great. I feel great about this. This feels like a can't miss. This I is very easy. Although last night it was sexiest storylines, and then this morning it was huge storylines. But that's okay. Storylines are storylines, and the it's the same thing. thing. So uh, Nice try, though. That, uh, I did <laughs> not give you a, a, a mixed cross signals. No, you Sexy, didn't. Sexy, huge storylines. Right, right. So... I feel like the number one thing for me is where does Kirk Cousins land? Because for the quarterback, the quarterbacks in general, like between him and Baker Mayfield, I need to know what happens. But with Kirk Cousins, he's obviously he's going to be 36 this summer. He's coming off the torn Achilles. But he did say he didn't say he would take a hometown discount, but he said that he's not worried about the money at this stage of his career. Mark, how you were talking about earlier, uh, maybe money isn't everything for Kirk Cousins. Mm. And well, he, he was on our show too last at Radio Row, and he made it very clear, like he is all about testing that market too. Kirk knows how to get paid, so I don't know if I buy into like that. <laughs> He and likes then, the money. But, okay, so Justin Jefferson said he's not signing a new deal until he knows that Cousins is coming back. Smart. So he's got that leverage going for him. And then Quasi Adolfo their GM, expressed his desire to keep Cousins. And he had already redone whatever the extension was before. So it's not like those two are completely disconnected. They already have, they've already worked on a deal mm-hmm. together before. So that makes me think that he could potentially be back. But... I mean, it's been a while since he tested free agency, and we know what happened when he did. Yes. So there, there's reporting out there. I think PFT reported that the Vikings aren't necessarily willing to give him an all-guarantee contract. Our own uh, Pell Razor reported that the Vikings want Cousins back, uh, but this is interesting. Pell Razor. Best dog. 
could go after a cheaper veteran like Sam Darnold if Cousins is too expensive, hoping the veteran referring to Sam Darnold would be, quote, this year's Baker Mayfield while also buying time to develop a rookie. So you have have players. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield argument to to bed. You're just trying to get him to be Baker Mayfield at this point. (laughs) Well, so here we so they believe a good point. Well, the, the point being is that people see Sam still as give him an actual chance and he could do what Baker did last year. That's mm-hmm. that's more buying into the old Zeuser's point that Darnold has a market because people see a, a, a playmaker still. But that's beside the point. Back to you. Sam Darnold, yes. <laughs> back to you, Colleen. So the, the Vikings want him back, but they want to do it their way. And if he does end up hitting the open market. It is like Aaron Rodgers is the big offseason quarterback story. Cousins could help a lot of teams in a profound way. Very big one. But how will he even be coming off that Achilles at his age? Right. I do. I, he is such an interesting case. Right? I thought when he became a free agent last time, like he was going to do better than people thought. And, and he did uh, ultimately getting the fully guaranteed contract from the Vikings. This time, I'm not totally sure because he's coming off an Achilles and you just go through the teams that would give him like $40, $50 million a year. Will the Vikings? I'm not totally sure that the Vikings will. Like, I th- I'm sure they would have him back, but I, I think they might be thinking, we got to pay Justin Jefferson. We need to start over at quarterback at some point. Maybe this is that point. Would it be Denver? That to me is the team to that is most desperate and almost plug and play in terms of their coach and that Kirk cousins would make sense there. That's one team. But after you get past that, it's like the Raiders, you maybe like Falcons, maybe like there's no one that just you look at and you say, they'll definitely give up 40, 50, and then the Steelers come in. <laughs> right. I don't think the Steelers oh, are outbidding would, anyone. If, if oh, were, let, if, let, him, let me out of the closet. If they were courageous, the like, that would be a good match. The one thing, like, Sean Payton during the Super Bowl week, like, went out of his way to talk up Baker Mayfield a ton, too. Like, I would just, I, I think that Baker, and that's a whole different conversation, but it's like, he's, I think he's going to go after a veteran if they don't want to trade up and try to get There's a There's just not that many teams because, you know, the number one overall pick, that takes uh, the Bears out of the mix, basically. You figure Washington's probably out of the mix, although you never know. In a in a weird world, they could decide to trade that pick. You know, the Patriots—they're a little like that's taking some. There's only so many spots here. The 49ers, I'm, I don't think they would do that. Oh, that would be uh, that is such an that, that keeps coming back over and over. The no, Shanahan Kirk Cousins—that that would be well because if it was any other year in the Shanahan era, I think it would have happened. But this year, it won't happen. I'm with you. Um. All right, so Cousins atop the quarterback uh, discussion list. Right next to him, I would say, is Justin Fields. Uh, that is another huge storyline right here. Um, the, the Chicago Bears, of course, have the number one pick, thanks to the Panthers and the trade that they made. And uh, this one's interesting because, well, I mentioned uh, move the sticks. He says in his latest mock, he's got Caleb Williams, the uh, USC star, uh, going to the Bears, uh, that's an option that they have. At number one, they have a bunch of options. Another option is that they uh, keep Justin Fields and uh, either use the number one overall pick or on something else or maybe even a quarterback or trade that number one pick down or uh, or maybe you keep Justin Fields and you uh, trade that pick and then take a quarterback later. They have so many choices or not take a quarterback at all. This I will tell you, though, 
here's reporting. Good job by uh, Jenna Lemoncelli of the New York Post. Uh, Notice that Justin Fields no longer follows the Bears on Instagram. I Trope not, alert. I'm not doing that. Trope alert. I mean, not Trope doing alert. what? He did it. I, I know. Trope I just, alert. it's like. Now. Trope Would you guys unfollow NFL media like during your negotiations? Trope My contract's coming up, so I'm just wondering. Would they even notice? <laughs> I would do it if. Right. Who's tracking this? It's just a sad. Jenna, Jenna Lemoncelli. Well, no, in this case, I, I'm, I'm saying we Justin did that to Fields, our own They're company. tracking. They're yeah, not on the Lemoncelli beach. He might report. Like, we also have a contract coming up. I don't even know if I am following them. Let's <laughs> let's maybe try it. You know? <laughs> That's a fair I'll, question. I'll do it at once. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, and that is a famous trope alert now with uh, players that are unhappy uh, for whatever reason, unfollowing the team that they're on. I thought it was notable. At the very least, it means he's just kind of annoyed that uh, most likely he hasn't been given a firm answer one way or the other. There's also, you could look at it as, hmm, maybe he was told that this is they're going in a direction that involves Cable mm. Williams or whoever else. And he's already now looking forward and he's like, I'm done with the bears. They're to- they told me they're done with me. Anyway, there's so much intrigue around this and it has such a big um, butterfly effect, uh, Greggy, uh, whatever the bears decide, because not only if they, uh, their decision changes the trajectory of their franchise, it also, if fields does end up hitting the trade market, that changes the the draft for all, whatever team ends up going for him. I mean, it's very uh, it's a big story. He's a very unique player to be available in a trade. I can't think of many that are quite like him. That are young, promising, have a lot of tape. You can look at it a few different ways. He's not like a Kevin Cobb or a Jimmy G or these guys who tend to get some pop in the trade market at quarterback that you, you saw him for like five games. You know what I mean? And they end up getting a nice draft picks for him, but they're just like more promised than ever. Like someone you actually, this is a, a top pick who's shown a lot and is pretty good. I, I think is, is at the Dalton line or above it or right around it at right this point, there. but certainly has potential to be, has done a lot of good things. Guys like that just don't become available very often. So I, I think he's a fascinating case. I've never believed that this was a decision. I didn't think he had, I don't think he had any chance of staying. I don't think he has any chance of staying. I don't, I'm sure they would like, like they go through the process of thinking about it or whatever, but I've never thought he had a realistic chance at staying because there are great quarterbacks in this class. And there's, why would you keep Justin Fields over that? So great college quarterbacks in this class. That's part of this. Like, you don't know. I get it, but I just don't think they would look at it like that. I think they would look at it like we've seen him for this long and we're not totally sure. I'm just saying they're not, whoever it is, is not a guarantee either. Just like Fields wasn't a guarantee. It's not. Of course. It's not like Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields. But he he came in. drafted Justin Fields highly. Right. But here we are. But not nearly as highly. He's not even in the same ballpark that Kayla Williams or Drake may were coming out of college or maybe even Jaden Daniels. So I do think that, that the players themselves mattered, but I think he's going to have a bigger trade market than people think. Well, I think, I think people I'm with will you want because I think his gifts, especially when you talk to like defensive coaches, they are all in on like the mobility of a quarterback. And I think he's just that dangerous. And I think you could look at the bears and say, nice end of your season. Like we've seen growth in Justin Fields, but we don't really trust that you know how to maximize a quarterback. We do. We're going to take a chance on this guy. And I don't know what you'd get for him in terms of a trade. See, that's the thing. I've t- I talked with people about this and it was like, well, if it's a third, sure. I don't know if I want to give up a second. I'm like, Justin Fields is a pretty good right. option for Atlanta, for 
the Raiders, who have his offensive coordinator from a year ago, uh, for maybe the Vikings, maybe the Bucks, maybe the Patriots. Like, he's a pretty big upgrade. I think they're getting like a second plus, maybe I got, even I got a, a first. Comp for you. I got a comp for you. We mentioned, okay. we mentioned Darnold. When he was traded from the Jets to the Panthers, uh, he was a former number three overall pick. The Jets got back a 2021 six-rounder and a second and a fourth rounder. And he stunk with the Jets. The Fields right. has shown. Good. Well, that's what I'm but saying. That's like, other but that was people thinking, love, that was good value. Love, but that's other teams thinking yeah. we can make, we can do right, right by what some I'm saying, team that, will do that. Yeah, that right. I think that's a baseline. What Fields could command. Could he get a late first round pick? Maybe. I don't, here's the I thing. don't think that's a crazy thing to do. One other thing that complicates this and why I know you, you're, you're certain of it, Greg. And I think the way it's trending is he's probably starting over somewhere else. Um, I thought he was pretty good last year. I thought he really showed growth last year. I think the locker room loved him. You heard that constantly. Everybody wants him back. They gave him a number one receiver in DJ Moore and Moore played like an all pro last year. Like I thought it, it makes it more difficult in terms of a decision because I think he did show again. He gave you it's tantalizing helps his value, but right. also from a financial standpoint, they're going to want to restart on a rookie contract so they can continue to rebuild. And I get that. That's mm -hmm. part of, yeah, that's a good point because that's part of the business model with these teams and they treasure that. Uh, but man, if fields goes to the giants and becomes a superstar, the bears are going to be well, happy if their guy is a stud, but it's a big risk to, He's shown enough where it could really backfire mm. if they moved him, and that's what makes it a really fun, interesting storyline. Greggy, how about you? Okay, my uh, overarching one is: Will any big name wide receivers get traded, and you know who will it be? We and we've seen it happen enough that like I now believe, oh well, this is one of the things that you can either expect or is possible. And name some, Greggy. Well, this off season. There was some buzz, I think, last week floating around about Justin Jefferson. I don't think they would ever trade him, but I think him throwing these flares up and the amount of money he's going to cost, like, I think teams will maybe try to sniff around. To How see did he get to Minnesota, Greg? Right. Stefan Diggs right. wanted out and they did the trade for the number one but pick. Another and they, name and, I think that fits in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's a, this group. Jefferson is the least likely, but, you know, it's A.G. Brown. I never would have thought A.G. Brown would have got traded. Diggs is another one. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, there's, there's, you know, he wants more money now. Devontae Adams, I think, is going to stay at this point because it doesn't financially, it hurts them to trade. The Raiders him. I, think, I think they're going more. to the Super Bowl, so right. he's not I, going anywhere. So he's another one. And um, I would just throw out, is Tyreek Hill like the craziest person ever? Again, these guys bring back such a huge um, draft haul and they cost so much money. Just like, which, if any of these guys gets dealt and the way that Ayuk is putting it out there and it's the same way that it's like he wants, he tries to get the contract he wants, like he tries to find out, you know, from other teams what they would pay him and then they can start making it uncomfortable on the 49ers if the 49ers aren't ready to pay him 34 million. I had, I had specifically Stefan Diggs because I think the Bills are like one, like because they were wiped out like a month ago at this point, you kind of forget how dark that season ended and like where that team kind of sits and like Gabe Davis has been verbal about the fact that he wants to test free agency. He could be gone. He could get much more money than the Hello. Bills want to pay him. Stefan Diggs ever requested a trade. You are left. I already thought this was a team that was missing an element for Josh Allen in the offense. They seem like one guy short in a number of games. And suddenly they could look completely different on offense. If these chips fall in a certain way where you lose your kind of your, your dump of one guy, but then Gabe well, Davis also, has these games where he explodes right. out of nowhere. The reason why they felt a player short this year is because Stefan Diggs wasn't Stefan Diggs 
anymore last year. Like, yeah. And that was, that makes, I, is what you're saying? Was that one of your storylines? Cause like, what is Diggs's market coming off the year? He just came off and he's another year old. I think like, he'd get paid though for just like, I, I don't know. Do, do we think he's he falling out. off? I mean, what's his contract? He's under contract. So like, I, like what would a team give up if he were put on the market um, as one of those players you're referring to, Greg? Not as much. Uh, would you, could you get a first round pick still for Stefan Diggs? I don't, I don't know. know. Also, the well, I, I personally think that's not crazy. Again, I look at it like the Rams. Were, I like, not every what if first the, round picks equal twenty to thirty for what a if couple the honeymoon years. What if you're of the Stephon Chiefs Diggs? at number thirty-two? Right. Mm. That's that's a, not a first round. pick. The Chiefs can, can like that's better than anything they're going to get at Good thirty-two. Luck. I would I would be afraid of giving year, Patrick right? Mahomes uh, another. In album. general, though, also like you I, mentioning Jeremiah again. Uh, so you know, it just shows wow a level of. Um, we're evolving. Maturity, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, the Patriots have the moribund offense of the Patriots. He has Marvin Harrison Jr. going there. And if Harrison is as good as everyone says, um, yeah, you, you got to use a, a premium pick on a wide receiver. But you also, these drafts keep churning out big-time players at wide the, receiver. First round, second round, third cool. round, fourth like, round. Do you really want to give up a, a top-tier asset for a, an expensive veteran wide receiver fair. who might be class. a pain in the ass, to use Diggs as a reference, there, like where you could, if you trust your scouting people, you could probably fa- find someone uh, at a much lesser uh, draft value that will, as a young up and coming uh, contract controllable player, like it's. And this very is supposed to be an incredibly good wide receiver class. I think Dane Brugler of the Athletic had like 17 in his top 100. Doesn't Her- it seem Harrison's- like wide receiver classes are just going to get better, right, and they better keep and better and better? Malik Neighbors and Romeo Dunze, like those are top seven, pi- like three receivers are probably going in the top seven or eight picks. So that does that does throw a little bit of a wrench into this. But I, I wanted to throw that out there because I don't know what the name's going to be, and yet I feel like someone's someone weird is going to shake loose that that we end up talking a lot about in March. And and Aaron Rodgers runs the Jets, and if he tells Joe D and Woody to pick up the phone and and call the Raiders. I still wouldn't be stunned if Adams ends up there just because Rodgers has that much power to say, get it done. Now, with the Raiders, if they want to answer the phone, that's another conversation. Right, and that, if Ayuk if wants $30 million a year and they can get a monster deal back for him, like, do they make a decision of him under Devo and all that stuff? Go ahead, Mark. What do you got? It kind of segues into my one because I obviously, like, the ones that you mentioned are all obvious ones too, uh, but there are a couple teams that just ended the season – in chaotic um, corners where it's like you're kind of everything that you thought about them has changed. And I would list like, and I, I think this is the off season can change everything you think about even a junk team. So there are these teams that are like came into last season with a ton of hope and like the Eagles, for instance, like where are we going to be after the free agent and draft process with two new, two co- new, two new coordinators again? Like, do we feel differently about them? Do they reset the board? Because right now it feels like the energy around the Eagles and they, you know, for years, it's like Howie Roseman and the whole organization is just top class and they're, they keep, they're keep overachieving. Look, there's been ebbs and flows. There have been, a, well, there was like, the, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm more yeah. saying of late they're like they're the smartest yes. team around. They're drafting the player that no one else can, can develop. And like, we're in a weird place with them. We're in a weird place with the Cowboys. Like, can the Cowboys like actually get us hopeful and excited about their season again versus just the moniker around them? And I throw the jets in there because it's like, the Jets are fundamentally no different than the team that we were talking about as a potential AFC Super Bowl team, and they've got another draft, and they've got, they've got another round of free agency. 
but there's this feeling, like you just mentioned, that they're controlled by their quarterback, which is like about as unhealthy as it gets. That you kept an offensive coordinator that showed no acumen to run an offense. That your head coach seemed to go from alpha male to I'm not sure this guy even knows what he's doing at this point. And it all feels like those three teams, but there's others I throw in there that are mysterious, like a Harbaugh, Greg Roman offense with Justin Herbert. Like, I can't wait to see what pieces they add to that and what that offense looks like a couple months now. But like these teams that are like in a dark spot, will it get any better? Or is it just going to crescendo even worse into ugly so territory? teams that had either ugly seasons last year or disappointing ends uh, what they do. That's interesting that yeah. you mentioned the Cowboys yeah. too, because I think about Dak Prescott and his absolutely insane cap hit that's coming up this year. He goes from his cap number is $59.4 million. And like the highest cap hit this past season was Patrick Mahomes at 37. But like the way that Dak's deal is done, like remember how difficult it was to get his deal done last time and yeah. all of the negotiations that went into it. He has one year left. He has a no trade clause. He has all sorts of clauses in there. He can't be tagged. Like he can get honestly anything. So one I just, of the things that I'm most certain about this offseason yeah. is Jera and Dak doing business together because yeah. Jera has have to. no like we might start to have doubts about Dak's ability to really lead a team all the way, but I don't think Jera has any doubts. He'd fire everybody else before Dak, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'll and see. If you're they got to do business though to get. I just the mean they got to yeah. get that. They kind of have to. Yeah. They they will, and they've got a lot going on in terms of cap issues. Tyron Smith void deal just voided. He played at a high level. They're, the Eagles to me are the team though that I expect will look very different a month from now. Whereas the Cowboys, I think, are just. They're kind of locked in. They're going to add some. They'll, they'll do things on the edges. They've got some important players coming up. Whereas the Eagles, you know, there was that report that Hassan Reddick might be traded, mm -hmm. but they have all their older guys are kind of up for it. I don't know what they're going to do, but like when I'm talking about these receivers, could A.J. Brown be that person that gets traded again? <laughs> like, I, I doubt it, but they're just the team that like, I don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to do something. They're going right. to do a lot. I thought you were going to bring <laughs> up A.J. Brown. Yeah, he would who, be another of course, option. is the famous trade from the Titans, but he was... Uh, by all outside reporting and stuff coming, an unhappy camper there. And they're trying, to, I would imagine, after the way last year ended, Connie, they're trying to change the culture, freshen things up a little bit, put a new coat of paint on. I think they need more than that. So or, is like it is or is it Devonta unhappy. Smith? Like, he would, you know. The Slim Reaper? People would... Love a little Devon. Mark the Slim Reaper. You can't just change the culture like in three weeks. Like no, I don't even know what that means. Especially I know. If you have that a lot of the same people. Just you trade in the some of the guys that are they yeah. believe are contributing to a bad locker room. Yeah. Well, how many games no. ended with AJ Brown like Jalen picking Hurts, rocks? Those guys? I, I don't know. know Connie, no. I still go back to my <laughs> my explanation is like no one knows. No one knows what happened. <laughs> oh, you're right. No, never mind that. Right. Things just happen. That show seems to be well beloved. Yeah. We love Abbott Elementary. It's okay. All right, we're having two different conversations. Sorry, That's all right. That's a sign yeah. that we should... That's How long has this pod been? This has been two <laughs> it's hours. It's over. <laughs> I would love to put a moratorium on everyone stressing about how long our podcast is. I didn't say anything. It's If the conversation is good, then it's fine. All right, uh, well, then in that case, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, two more people to throw in the interesting uh, off-season storyline. Will lines. Tom Brady actually <laughs> announce the game? Also, we only have two shows this week, so we're giving the people... Oh. You know, a little housekeeping. We're going to be Tuesday, Thursday this week. So, you know, that's less People than People want to come to us and tell us yeah. the podcast is too long. Then we'll have to maybe start talking. I haven't heard anyone what ever people? say. Like, it, like you would change the show if like a rando from like. No, if Scotland there was some type of deep call with people saying our show is too long. Uh, there's too much honking. 
we would it would make sense to have an internal conversation. It was yeah. hurting our, our data points. Right. I don't sense that. So let's stop stressing about it. I think I'm just hungry. I think the, the, it's more a concern. <laughs> well, when that's you say, different. When you, when you tell I'm us you too. have nowhere to be, then it's like, then there's no well, railings on what could happen. Where so. you got to go? I got all sorts of places to be. This no. is the only safe place. No, it's not. It's Noah's Ark. It's Wes's Ark. Well, people eventually got off Noah's Ark. They didn't just die on the ship and it sunk. They got off the ship and started a new civilization. According to the theories. <laughs> According to the theories. Like, I'm not, you know. David for the theology. Eric, Bob. anything. Well, uh, that's a you. great point, Mark. Anything like uh, in terms of uh, footage from the newsroom about uh, the missing Super Bowl ticket? Nothing uh, at the moment. I'm, I've heard that um, the water leaking from the ceiling may have slowed the process. I sense you are very earnestly investigating this. I'm digging through emails as we speak. Big Funk, any updates on how many free agents uh, will be on Mark and I's uh, write-up, which I'm saying 150 words each on the blurbs. Oh, at least. We'll just but, split it up. Have yeah. it. Sure. Get Connie in there a little bit. Sure. Get Connie on about 100 uh, blurbs. After <laughs> extensive <laughs> research, I've realized I'm not that good at math. And so it's going to take me a little while longer. I'd say upwards of 300 plus free agents. Okay. I've seen like five lists that are like top 200 free agents. That, well, that, doesn't, that, that doesn't, doesn't help you. You need to find out all of them. That doesn't scare us. Okay. They're picking and choosing. All right. Funk, are you around on Thursday? I am. All right. We have to have a conversation. Okay. But all conversations can only be had on microphone. So until then. Naturally. We say goodbye. Mm. And we say goodbye to the audience. We didn't even get to hear about We're that back. week together. Oh, yeah, Greg, but, you know, yeah, maybe next, next, yeah, maybe next Thursday. Next show, yeah. Come back Thursday. <laughs> uh, big, big funk uh, conversation. Also, Greg and Mark, private time. No microphones. No, none needed. We'll dig in. Connie, you've oh. said it all. <laughs> <laughs> There's a drop. Uh, until Thursday. Heed the call. Good to be back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.